0: You run the largest Pilates studio in the north, uh, your, your clients include an array of England internationals, premiership players from Manchester United, Liverpool, Manchester City, um, it's like the real who's who.
1: You could say that, yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
0: <laughs> and, and with all that, you're one of the most humble people that I know.
1: Oh, bless you, thank you
0: so um we were talking about how much of a feminist you are (laughs) and 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 i think that the i think you can any feminist feminism has so many different definitions these days
1: yeah
2: why don't you give us yours
1: well this is the funny thing when you said to me about me being a feminist i don't class myself as a feminist i class myself as a female woman backer you know like looking after the female race feminism like comes to me about burning bras and all that stuff so it's a bit like far right but um no i for me it's all about looking after you know looking after your own sex isn't it and i think women get a bit of a hard time of it these days so it's good to to back one another and and some females don't do that so i think it's a it's a nice thing to be able to do
0: i'm glad that feminism has moved on from burning bras because that sounds (laughs) like a a very expensive
1: game to me. Well, it is a little bit, isn't it? It's these uh-huh. days.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to just throw this out there. Would you say that women and men should always be treated the same?
1: It's a good question, that one. On the whole, yes. I mean, there's going to be slightly different elements that you look at through your life. Um, you know, yes, it's nice for a female, I think still, to be treated by a man in terms of being a man being gentlemanly to it, holding a door open people could say that that oh that's not being equal you know so it depends on where your standpoint is but I do stance point but I think on the whole you know I feel like we need to get away from this whole you know women need to be more than men and vice versa and you know the whole of our society is all seems to be based on what sex you are what you know color you are what this what religion it's just and what's the point like where's it got us you know we need to be just take people as face face value and take them on who they are, not what they are. have I ever told you that I'm not a fan of equality. Are you not?
0: No, I don't like it. Why? Because I think the concept of, of equality, right? Is to feminize men and masculate women. And I think it was always about embracing the differences. That's and really not true. trying to bring not trying to make everybody the same. And I equality, agree with you. So and, and I think that equality somehow takes away from that. I mean, um, for example, um, we had um, Margaret Thatcher, who I don't think was a very good prime minister. And I think one of the things was that she tried to rule with a masculine energy. Mm. Whereas had had she done it with a feminine energy, I think that would have been a lot more effective. I think there's a great power in feminine energy. And the idea of equality Um, almost takes away from that because women try to be more masculine rather than embracing their femininity
1: and but then here's the question you're thinking equality means that you have to be like for like equality
0: means where is the same everything either side of the equal sign is the same
1: yeah but then can you look at it this way like so i think it's more like everything needs to be in balance you know you don't want you don't want one Uh, like a male like dominating a female because that's not fair that's not equality that's not like balance is it so it's it's getting that it's bringing people back to yes keep your masculinity keep your femininity and what that brings with it but equally not having one power over the other
0: Well, yogic philosophy right um it's accepted that um so um when a woman goes through for example having a child her body um, changes significantly, right?
1: Yeah.
2: You're talking physiologically, you mean spiritually as well? Physically. Okay, okay, physically, physically. okay.
0: Right? And um, um, because her body changes far more than a a man's does, right, her mind and emotions are aligned with that, and they change as well. So it's accepted that women have a broader range of emotions than a guy. Yeah. Right? And a guy, for want of a better word, can be seen as having... Um, being more stable, having less of a breadth of emotions that 's like a yogic philosophy, yeah, and I think when you bring those together, you can achieve something quite beautiful and I think this Western notion of equality I, I think it I think it takes away from men and from women in many ways
1: so what what would you say is what what needs to happen in society to be able to bring those two into to being more, I don't know what the word is like. Being enabling them to be the feminine and the masculine.
0: Well, I think the first thing that needs to happen is that this this desire to to make everybody equal and the same. I, I, I don't think it serves any real purpose. It's one thing to say if a man does a, a, the same job and a woman does the same job that she get the same amount of money. Fair enough, I accept that. But I, I think it's 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 all gone too far, and I think that. Um, I think that nature made us different and designed us in such a way to complement each other. And um, the, the, um, the pressure of society to become the same don't allow that yeah. union of complementing each other.
1: Yeah, I agree. So what would you call then, you know, say with men and women, a man or a woman, get, having equal pay grades, what, what would you class that as? W- what would I class it as? Well, not classes, what would you call it? You know, in terms of... Because previously, obviously, a man and woman could do the same job, but the man would get paid more than the woman.
0: Well, it's interesting. Because he
1: called? was a man and she was woman. So what yeah, do we call that? Do you know why that is? Why is that?
0: Well, there's been extensive research on this. And um, uh, Jordan Peterson talks about this extensively. And he's saying that men are just better at demanding more wages. They're just um, more forceful and they're more persistent, and they're just better at demanding more money. And one of the things that he does is trains women to be just more forceful and say, look, I want more money. And that's all it's about. It's that they
1: just don't ask. Wow, so that is a statement there. I don't know how many people would agree with that. (laughs)
0: uh, I'm quoting an an eminent um, uh, researcher in uh, Jordan Peterson.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah, it's just that it's not that they're discriminated against. It's just that they're not, pushing their, they're not pushing their point.
2: I think, can I offer a different insight here? Hmm. I'd, say, I'd say that men and women are equal in the fact that they are both equal in terms of value, in terms of their purpose, in terms of what what they contain, which is on, on a spiritual level, we're all equal in the eyes of our creator, if you want to put it that way. But we're not yeah. the same. Yeah. Not. And so when we start saying equal, means you must be treated the same. I think that's when we get into inherent difficulties here. So, yeah. like for example, if you get a hundred women and you put—I'm going to give a crass example, but an example nonetheless—if you get a hundred men and a hundred women and you put them in a cage, a UFC cage, they're not going to be equal. They're biologically different, and, yeah. and equally, their, their mental chemistry is different as well. Talking about Jordan Peterson, I'm a big fan of Jordan Peterson. He talks about how women um, naturally are better communicators. So you find them in roles that involve connections to people Mm. and men Mm. are better at um, physical creators, which is why the majority of structural engineers, for example, and architects are men because they want to just, they don't want to talk. They want to just crack on and build something. And that's to do with the physiology and the makeup of the brain and the chemistry in the brain. And to deny that is to deny difference, but to accept that is to somehow be sexist.
1: I don't know, it depends on what you're, what the, where you're bringing in this, where you're like throwing in a sexism comment, I suppose. Because I agree, it's, it's it's a it's a fusion of all of it, isn't it? Like you need you people need to be who they are. Like you know you could have women and you can have different types of women. Do you know I mean? And you don't want everybody to be the same. No. But it's having it's how you treat them. So you know you can't. I couldn't charge one client one price, another client another price because oh because I like her more you know because that's not fair is it well but that's surface so space, isn't it so it's yeah it's on the i suppose on the superficial level like keeping making sure you're treating people with fairness but also accepting them for who they are how did you start off your business it's a great question i um basically i started i actually got into pilates from a young age because i was injured myself and so i kind of fell into it um from being injured so I couldn't jump around and do like crazy stuff you know like back in the day what it used to used to do so I started doing Pilates through being injured and then basically I realized that it was very much for either injured or old people and there was nothing in between it was very slow very methodical you know and for me I wanted to bridge the gap between that's you know the the great stuff it does do for injuries but also for bridging it between people that want to work out and want to feel the burn but you know get the benefits that pilates offers so that's kind of where i started with the with my business in terms of really trying to bridge that gap and make it fun varied you know and change things up for clients so it, it keeps them entertained mentally as well as physically and started that so i, I must have begun that about 6 years ago starting the brand and the business and how i wanted it to be and You know the look and feel of it, and really being able to give clients, you know, a place to go where they would enjoy, really look forward to coming to class, and they leave feeling uplifted and better about themselves and their day than when they walked in.
2: So that so you started the the, the gym, the, the the was it called a studio?
1: Yeah, studio.
2: Six years ago, and it just, skyrocketed, it just skyrocketed from there
1: year upon year. Yeah, that's it. So I started the fir- opened the first studio, would have been coming up five years ago now, so I started working on the business about six years ago, and then I had to find premises and all that stuff. So the um, first studio opened five years ago, and the second one four years ago, and I'm currently looking for a third studio space um, in Manchester, as we speak, so looking at expanding.
0: I think I think you're being a bit humble there, Kat. I know that you're planning to roll out a, a franchise.
1: Yes, and that side of it as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but we so, should see them in London very soon then. I hope so. That's the plan. give as much benefit to as many people throughout the UK as we possibly can.
0: And I, I know that you're, um, you're really passionate about um, uh, women's rights and what women are capable of doing. And I know that one of your gripes is how women don't value themselves enough.
2: Absolutely. How would you say that's represented? Because it's a sweeping statement to say women don't value themselves. I think I know what you're going to say, but I'll I'll let you say it. How is it that you think that's represented, i.e. the idea that women don't value themselves in, in the current state?
1: I think a lot of it, you know, we see it. I mean, social media is a big thing these days, isn't it? And we see, you know, everyone can see there's certain... Uh, women out there that you know very much focus on their looks and focus on the outside of uh, outside so the physicality so what the body looks like how the bum is how pert that is you know all that stuff and and very much you know through the selfies and the pictures it it's just focused on one modality and there's nothing there really about the person themselves or the intellect or you know their personality that comes through there Yeah. And that,
0: that seems like a a crying shame, doesn't it?
1: It really does. It really is. I think, um, I mean, it's two, it's two ways, isn't it? Like women can use their bodies to, you know, sell and from a product side of things, you know, so it depends which way you look at it. They could be very clever with it and using it that way. Um, but then there's the other side of it where it can seem like it brings women back down to where we were, you know, um, 50 years ago. So, it's, um, it's getting that balance like anything these days.
0: Well, I, I think that the fact that um, flaunting your body on Instagram is so easy and accessible these days. I think that um, there's less of an incentive for women to actually try and better themselves and try and really express themselves like starting a business, being a poet, being an artist.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's it's a tough one, isn't it? Because, you know, you're always going to get in society, you're always going to get that mixture and array. And there's some people that really they look up to that and they see that and they think, oh, I want to be like that person. But a lot of it, especially this day and age, isn't there? With all the technology we have, you know, most people get, you know, they can lift their bums on on using an app and they can, you know. Can you
0: really? Yeah, they
1: can. You can. You can trim. You can trim yourself. You can make your teeth whiter. You can make your eyes brighter. Oh, gosh. So it, this is the thing, isn't it? It's, it's it's not real to who somebody is in real life often. You know, it's it's a portrayed figure. And unfortunately, I think what it does is it makes people who are at the other end of their phone think, oh my God, what's wrong with me? My teeth aren't that white. My bum's not that pert. My this, my that, you know, and it's that constant need for perfection or feeling like you're not good enough because of what you're seeing on your on your phone. Do
2: Do you think that is exclusive to women though or do you think that's just something that's coming across um in in all aspects of representation from objects to men to everything
1: i think i i think it is i mean i'm not i I mean maybe you could tell me from a, a male perspective but i i get the sense that it's the same for for men women you know through whether it be products or what the latest you know handbag you've got the shoes you know it's that whole marketing industry isn't it out there which is constantly making us think that we need to be we need to have something to be more
2: yeah i i, I think i have to I'm, i think i'm inclined to agree with you there it's, it's actually if you think about it every aspect of our life that is invasive and influential is in some way regulated from government for example what choice mortgage you have you've got the financial credit authority you're going to get legal advice yeah the law society but yet what people are exposed to most are is a body image and there seems to be no regulation on how you are allowed to sell yourself in a false way. As you rightly said, yeah, people putting up false images on, on Instagram with a picture of a small bottle saying, this is how I became like this. When in reality, they're not even like that. They're just, it's just a reflection of some editing on a software program. And mm-hmm. this is completely unregulated. And people are making a fortune out of selling a lie.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: What's the solution, Kat?
1: What is the solution? It's a really good question. I think, you know, I think that for a lot of us, everybody at the end of the day wants to be happy, don't they, in life? They want to be happy, enjoy relationships, you know, um, and hit their goals that they want. And so that then comes down to, I think, your mindset and how you look at things and what lens you look out of. And I think if you can update people's mindsets and, you know, get them really honing in on themselves and what's important to them, their values, and essentially bringing them the confidence back. I think that that's how you essentially get around that whole topic of what's on Instagram, you know, how you feel, if you can feel that, that you feel good enough, enough in yourself, you will, you won't be as, as um, kind of influenced by those things. Yeah,
0: that's interesting, because I, I know that you're really po- passionate about um, mind-body alignment. Yes. Yeah. And I know that you've done um, a fair bit of personal development. And I've actually had the privilege of uh, spending some time with you on on, on a course. Yeah. Um, so in terms of mind-body alignment and Pilates, yeah, how does
1: that work? So Pilates is very much, I don't know if you know much about Pilates, because some people think it's just like yoga, which is like comparing rugby and football. It's like, yes, you've got a pitch and some players and a ball, but it's very different. So Pilates is very much based on in terms of a body sense around the spine and making sure your spine is in a slight S shape. Um, So the, the theory is if your spine is in the right position, then your joints from your spine, so your hips and your pelvis and your shoulders, and then everything coming off of that is going to be in the right alignment. So you're very much trying to center yourself. So we're centering around your spine and then your core is your big focus around Pilates, how you engage your core to then find that stability through the spine and into your, your, your other joints. So from a body perspective, Pilates is very much about, um, focusing and aligning. And then from a mindset perspective, because you're focusing on your body, Pilates allows you to have that time to stop thinking about everything else outside of, outside of your body. So, you know, whether it be your shopping list, your kids, uh, stresses, strains, because you've got that time and you're focusing in inwards, it allows you to send and calm your mind. And then with that part of that is, as well as then backing that up with how you what what you're putting into your mind. So what are you are listening to? What are your thought processes and really trying to get the best out of your body and your mind? So that's for me what Pilates is. And that's how we teach it at Runway is very much around that.
0: And have you found that the personal development that you've done, has that helped? Have you brought a lot of that in to your uh, to your classes?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's amazing when you start when you take the time to work on your mindset and figure out, you know, what your limiting beliefs are, what's holding you back, what, you know, uh, there's beliefs that we we don't even know, realize they are beliefs, because we've just been brought up with them, you know, where your parents schooling, um, any external figures, that's kind of has that impact on you. So when you take that time out to really focus and reevaluate and realign yourself with what your real values are and what you believe you know what you want out of your life it really does help to move you forward
2: that sounds powerful the idea about eradicating limiting beliefs how how would one go about bringing that um that wisdom through in a pilates class
1: so a simple thing you know how say you want to do a curl up like an ab curl and you're trying to lift your head and shoulders off and you're you've done a few reps and you start getting tired You know, it's that thing of in your in your mind, you've got that little voice that goes, oh, can't do anymore. This is that and too much. And, you know, from us as teachers, we encourage you to keep moving, you know, and keep pushing through those those boundaries and pushing yourself further past your limits than or what your perceived limits are. So that you then think, hang on a minute, like I can do this, you know, and it's just retraining that little the little voice in your mind that tries to sabotage you.
2: That in essence, you're destroying that little man that says no within everybody and yeah. bringing forth the ranger.
1: That's it. I love it. I yeah. love that.
2: I love that. You're the ranger <laughs> of the north. Do you know who I refer to? Do you know who the ranger of the north is?
1: Who's that?
2: You must have heard of the ranger of the north.
1: No, I haven't.
2: I've just bequeathed the title to you and you don't know from whom you've taken it. <laughs> no. The ranger of the north um, was a, a, a gentleman called Aragorn. He was the broken king who lost his way. He was limited by his own beliefs from his, his father, who was a bad king. And he cast away the demons and became the greatest king in the Lord of the Rings. He was the ranger from the north.
1: Ah, uh, yes. I haven't seen Lord of the Rings for a very long time. I've, uh, I've granted it. That's, I love it.
2: You're the ranger from the north. Cat is the ranger from the north. <laughs>
1: I think the
0: fact
2: that you didn't know that just shows that you're not a geek, Hey, <laughs> hey readers of Tolkien, okay, am I a geek because I know Tolkien? I wouldn't call you a geek because of that. That's because I've being kind to you right now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, if it helps, he's also a fantastic chess player.
0: Oh, oh fantastic. Up. As any self-respecting geek should be. Um, <laughs> I'm a big football fan and I find it fascinating that you treat so many footballers. And I also find it surprising given that the amount of money that's spent on footballers, that they haven't got this treatment in-house.
1: Yeah. Well, do you know what? They they do have reformer machines within the clubs, but Uh um, it's when you go and get trained in reformer Pilates, it's a very different training to if you just come along and go, okay, I'm going to use the reformer to do X, Y, and Z. So it's, it's all of the small movements and how you use the machine to get the most out of somebody's body. So that's the. It is surprising. I do agree with you. Um, it's unfortunate that it's kind of so underlooked, really, um, by the industry as a, as a whole.
0: Well, well, the thing is, whatever they're doing
1: isn't working,
0: so they're coming outside to your studio. It, it seems bizarre that they haven't got somebody like you in house.
1: And I may that I don't know the answer to it.
2: Can I can I without have I ever have without ever having the, had the privilege of visiting the studios, but having had the pleasure of Kat's company on two occasions now? Can I offer an insight into it? Yeah, please. Um, I I think you can have all the studios in the world, but it's 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 the goodwill and the good energy of people that really make progress. Be it spiritually, be it physically. In my limited experience, I'm not not from Pilates, but from my own martial experience. And I think if you've got good people wishing you well um and they've got the and they've also got uh, per chance the expertise that's going to be far better than any machine in the back changing rooms of any club what do you say to that kat
1: i i, I think he's put it in a in a nutshell but think- then again when you look at it it's like anywhere any anywhere in the world isn't there there's people's egos involved there's a reputation there's you know um and that's where i think the issue comes in if people didn't have their egos then we would we would all probably get on a lot more easily and a lot better, but egos come in and it just causes chaos. You're fantastic, Kat.
2: On that point, can you give us a, give us an example? I'd like to know this actually. Give us an example of a real success story that's come through your doors. I've
1: got I've got tons.
2: Oh, where should we start? That's for me.
1: Um, so here's one. Somebody came through who um, has been diagnosed with a fractured vertebrae, and actually. Had stopped, had stopped playing football because of it um, and he got told that he was he was going to be in pain for the rest of his life there was nothing they could do it was just he just had to crack on and deal with it so when he came to me and I was looking at his func- biofunction and just looking at how he was moving his biomechanics I was just like mm, I, I that's to me I don't believe in that like what you have pain you just have to deal with it no like there's always a way around it well, so we started working and together and I about what took I said to him, Look, it's not gonna be a quick fix, but within six months he's got to the point where his pain is down by like um he's got like ten percent of pain now in comparison to what he used to have. And um he feels the best he's ever felt. That's cool. So that's amazing, ten yeah. percent. Yeah. Oh wow. I know. So it's it's amazing like what you can do, but it's that that thing that when somebody you know who's in the know or in the power a doctor says to you this is how you are this is what your case is and this is you know you just have to deal with it I mean it's just always like a big no to that I'm like your body isn't designed to be in pain it's in pain because it's telling you something's not right so listen to it and keep finding different answers until you get what's working for you
2: I've got a question for you Kat why are doctors so bloody miserable man they've, only, they've got so, it's like that The medicalization of this world is such a gloomy prospect. Doctors only say negative things. And that, I mean, how many times have we had a cliche? The doctor told me I was never going to walk again. The doctor told me I could never better close my fist again. The doctor told me I was going to be stuck in this wheelchair. And, you know, it, I'm really glad to hear the success stories, but it makes you wonder we hear about the 1% that defied the doctors and started to walk again how many of those patients resigned themselves to the doctors advice and never tried mm.
1: again it comes back to your mindset doesn't it and the power of your mind if someone if you're just if you're happy for someone to tell you this is your job's lot and you just go okay i'm going to take that then that's it isn't it whereas if you go no screw you i'm going to make this different and i'm going to change things up 100% um, but I suppose there's not that many people who have that mindset, have they? Well,
2: Potentially. To be fair, that would, question. There'd be a lot and, more. Sorry to cut across you. There'd be a lot okay. more if doctors didn't have that mindset in the first place.
1: Yeah. Maybe it's down to their training. I don't know. Uh, maybe you should, your next person should be a doctor on your podcast. Then you can yeah. get all that information out.
0: Oh, well, that's, that's an idea. Um, <laughs> what would be interesting to know is that um, I know you've obviously trained in Pilates, right? And you've done a lot of sort of mind training in your personal development. How how does that all come together? Which do you think you use more of? Question. I know, I'm genius. I'm absolutely You
2: are. You've got a great question. question absolutely genius. I'm carrying this guy. (laughs) I'm carrying this guy. (laughs) Drop you at the next (laughs) junction. (laughs) Drop you at the next (laughs) junction.
1: Go on, Kat. Um... I honestly believe it's a 50-50 between the two. Like, I think you can't have one without the other. So you can't have your, you know, it's like, you 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 know, you can have your physical body, but if you don't have your mental side of things, then it's, you know, you need the both. So I think um, definitely for me, it's 50% about what we do is what we actually do with clients physically on the beds with reformers, how we get them to move. And the other 50% is their mindset, talking to them, their emotions. You know, it's like, it's like almost like a therapy session. You know, you're trying to, the two work together. And I'm a big believer your, your mind and your body work together. And if you cut one of them off, that's when we come into trouble.
0: It's really interesting that you use the word therapy. Do you actually think that Pilates could be used as a form of therapy?
1: Absolutely. Well, what what is therapy? Therapy is um, a, a, a means to get somebody better, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Essentially. So... Um, for me, like, you know, I find Pilates is really great for, you know, mindfulness, meditation. You know, I know some people think meditation is sitting with your legs crossed with your, you know, index finger and your thumb twist together and like umming and ring, but for me, mindfulness is about stopping the mind and the the thoughts and just focusing and being centered. So it works really nicely for me to do that because sitting and crossing my legs doesn't really work for me, unfortunately. It doesn't, it doesn't like I can't sit there long enough before um, before I need to do something. So it's it's yeah, it's a for me it works really well, and for the clients we have it does too. So so you're you're saying that
0: doing Pilates actually quietens your mind? Yes. Oh wow.
1: Yeah, because we also part of the part of Pilates is breathing. So a big thing, one of our like principles is about breathing. Because if you if you're not breathing, then you're a bit screwed, aren't you? So it's about really focusing in on your breathing. So you we breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth, and you really bring the breath into your rib cage and find that three D breath pattern. Because a lot of us in this day and age don't breathe properly. With stress, we breathe into our chest. Um, we kind of take shallow breaths. So with focusing the breath and and just focusing in on your body helps quieten your mind, without actually having to focus on quieting your mind. Do you know what? You should
0: do a, a a quick breathing video, and we can put it up on the uh, on the Instagram.
1: I could do that. I definitely. think people would
0: find that really useful.
1: Yeah, what the... it, is, it relaxes you, which is great. It's so simple.
2: <laughs> can we do like a 30-second 30 breathing, 30 breathing exercise now, Cat? Does it work that way?
1: Absolutely. Are Let's you too it, ready? Man. I'm ready. Okay, so all you want to do is breathe in through your nose.
2: How am I supposed to be? I'm, I'm currently standing on my head. <laughs> That's impressive if you're standing on your head. No, I'm joking. I'm, I'm just <laughs> sitting down on a chair at the moment. That's right. Yeah. that right? That, that
0: was him cracking a joke. You see why I'm carrying him, don't you? <laughs> yeah.
1: So you can sit, you can stand, you can sit on top of your head, whatever you want, Whatever, wherever you are. You just sit and you just want to, ideally, just... Um, Sit as tall as you can because that's going to help you if okay. you're crouched over it's not going to help you breathe as much so then you just breathe in through your nose and then breathe out through pursed lips so that's the first thing get the breath in through your nose and then you just breathe out through those pursed lips and then as you're breathing in you want to try and imagine like you're trying to blow a big balloon up inside your rib cage so you're trying to breathe to the front to the sides and the back and then as you breathe out then think about just using your core muscles to help push the air up and out. How are we feeling? We're still breathing, can't hear you guys breathing. There we go. (laughs) And then you just, and then once you start that, it's depending on how much you can breathe in, you know, if you can only breathe in for a count of three, see if you can breathe in for a count of four. And sometimes you can feel quite lightheaded when you start breathing like this, because especially if you shallow breathe, like in your chest, you can feel, you know, you've suddenly got more oxygen going around your body. So you can start to feel a little bit lightheaded, but you might notice that your shoulders start to relax. You might start to feel less tense around your your abdominals or in around, in around your like solar plexus area. And if you're feeling any tension in your spine or in your back, often that can start to help just start to really relax it and ease it. How do we find that?
0: I love that cat.
1: Do you like that? you feeling a bit taller. I
0: think that's it's really nice. Uh, so, do you breathe like that all of the time?
1: Um, no, because like everybody else, I have stresses and strains um, throughout my day. So, but when I that's the thing I love when you when you go and do a session of, of Pilates, that we start with that, and you focus and you you focus in on yourself. So you, you get to catch up. And then once you start it's like anything, once you start training your body, you start doing, you, you start doing it more regularly, but it's like any of us, if you get stressed, the natural stress response is you start to shallow breathe because your body's getting ready to run. You know, that's the unfortunate thing for us these days is stress. It creates that fight or flight response in our bodies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, um we did a bit of Tony Robbins training together. And did. You did a lot more than I did. You you, you did way more than I did. Um, what would you say is the most useful thing that you learned there?
1: Uh, can I tell you one of my funniest moments that I remember at UPW? Me cra- up?
0: cracking jokes?
1: <laughs> Do you remember the exercise they did where you had to stick your finger up your nose and say something? And I can't even remember what you had to say. You had to switch your finger and stick it up your, each different nostril. Do you remember that? I've got a vague recollection of <laughs> that i remember doing that exercise with you and that uh, i still picture it at the minute you sticking your finger up your nose and me thinking this is just a ridiculous situation why are you sticking fingers up why, 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 i can't why? remember it was something to do with breaking the, the brain pattern or something like that because it's it was just it's a ridiculous thing to do isn't it stick your finger up your nose especially in public
0: I was hoping for something that was more useful to your life and to your business (laughs) than sticking your finger up your nose.
1: I know, I'm coming to that. That was just the funny bit. That was one of the funny bits around it. Um, What was the biggest... Do you know what I think the biggest thing that, for me, from Tony Robbins, what he teaches on a really simple level, is changing your mind, is changing your status. Mm, So you know how we can all... You know, if you have a bad day and you're feeling or something bad happens and you think, oh, and you can just carry on it throughout your day, it's changing your state. So, you know, if you're sat at your laptop and something happens and you start to feel a bit down, it's get up, move around, you know, do something different, change up. So you change your state. I think that's the biggest on a really simple level. I mean, obviously we went into it in a real depth. Um, But, uh, yeah, I think that's from a simple level is a really key key uh, take home and to always remember that you're in control of your mindset nobody uh, else is
0: I agree I think it's such a valuable tool H- how do you change your state
1: I do just that like I literally will get up if something's you know something's. um you know if you're not if you're in a good mood then it's all right isn't it but when if you're in a bad mood or something's stressing you out I will you know so I have two dogs so I will take them out for a walk I will do some exercise I'll get up make a cup of tea you know just get up and move about and change and try and get some perspective on it and then go back to it
0: changing your it sounds like changing your physiology
1: yes absolutely
0: do you know really cool I, I, I do but I'd be surprised if you had anything cool uh, to say I'm a, I'm a cool <laughs> dude <laughs> <laughs>
2: Can you, can you <laughs> not laugh at that 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 statement? <laughs> <laughs> this is what I've got to deal with, cat. Seriously, just constant, <laughs> just constant, just the range of mental abuse. <laughs> anyway, have you had a Sarah Blake? Have you had a Sarah Blake? She was the lady that uh, that created Spanx. Uh, the um, the, the stocking. Her
1: name rings bell. Yeah. So
2: she's a wonderful lady. I've not met her personally, but she's like a billionaire. She set up. You know, the Spanx. They're like um. Tights without the the bits that go over your feet, so it's like they're essentially they're like, like leg warmers, if you will. In the states, she's famous across the world. Everybody.
0: Why do you know so much mm. about
2: this? I'll tell you the reason why, because I've I've just fallen in love with this woman's story. Absolutely amazing. Not, so, not the spats. No, like... It's because he's wearing spats. <laughs> I'm, I'm led to believe by by friends of mine that this is like um like every woman would would, would own or have a pair of these in their in their, in their clothes. This is not something you come across. Did you find them comfortable, I mean, do you?
1: If... Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> if you do Pilates reformer you definitely don't need spanks.
2: okay so the, that's so a disclaimer Sa- Sarah... okay so Sarah Blakely she's like she's selling fax machines one year she, she starts this company she sells um, she starts the company with $5,000 and puts all of her money into this thing and she starts selling it in like in like all the supermarkets now she's like hundreds of millions of dollars she's just all over the world I'm literally all over the world um, although Kat's cat, response is making me question that, but <laughs> but, but she, I was listening to her podcast uh, because I just like listening to podcasts of successful people. I think you can draw a lot of inspiration from other people. And and she she was talking and she said that one thing that she likes to do is embarrass herself. And I was like, what right. kind of an, what what an odd human being? But she talks about, for example, she'll, she'll constantly put herself in an embarrassing situation at work where everyone's laughing at her. And, and what she said was this: that you are the reason you don't make progress is because you're scared of failure. You're scared of people's reactions mm. to you. Mm. But as um, so long as you live in fear, you won't confront the opportunity to succeed, and then you will never, never succeed. Mm. So she, so for example, she might go in an elevator and do something embarrassing, and everyone will laugh at her, and then she'll walk out the elevator. But it will make her fearless because she goes, if that's all I'm going to feel, I've just felt it and gone forward. And I thought that was really quite empowering because she was saying, look, mm-hmm. as, as a woman, she was talking from a feminist perspective, she was saying that women are, f- are scared of um, succeeding or, or, or taking risks, but if all you're ever going to do is feel embarrassed, hey, just embarrass yourself and just and then crack on and go through. <laughs> I love that. I thought it was quite empowering. It's quite powerful, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I yeah. think that, that's what uh, I cool. one of the few intelligent things I've heard you say. Thanks for that. <laughs> um, and as chance would have it, you were just quoting somebody.
2: Well, thanks for that. It's not not like had a clever thought or anything. Kat, has anything significantly embarrassing happened that you've actually turned around and now you wouldn't change it for the world?
1: Oh, I've got tons, tons of embarrassing things I could list. Give Um, the the top of the list. Number one. Give us number one. Oh, my goodness. How deep do we want to go? Deep as you like.
2: Just as long as we can hear it.
1: (laughs) Or not. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's. uh, Oh, I don't even know where where to start on that one. This is your chance to be
0: embarrassed and go through that. Yeah, this is your chance. Take it.
1: How to be embarrassed? My biggest, most embarrassing moment. Once you air it,
0: that's that's (laughs) growth.
1: That is true. Um. Oh. Do you know what? This is for me. This is one of my most embarrassing things. When I first started opening up the studio, and my ex of the time um he was just not a nice guy turned out to be a really nasty person not very nice and I found it very embarrassing what he did towards me or what happened and then all my clients knew that we were engaged and ready to get married and obviously then one day I turn up and there's no there's no ring on my finger and I have to turn it all around and that for me was a very embarrassing on a deep level how did you deal with it uh, went to Tony Robbins, met Endup, and carried on with life. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm never going to hear the end of this. Let me get this straight. Part of your, I won't, I won't use the word rehabilitation, but part of your moving forward from a dark time was meeting this guy.
1: <laughs> he definitely was the light of, light at the end of the tunnel, that was for sure. Oh, I, I can see that,
0: thank you. God. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: well, know, I'll you know tell you what, how <laughs> dark that tunnel must have been. <laughs> you <would> have <laughs>
0: Kat, you're too kind with your words. <laughs> I'm
2: you I'm no, no, you are too kind.
1: No, she is too kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's do you know what? other than that, there's stupid stuff like you fall over. You know, and uh, walk into stuff and say ridiculous things. Like sometimes, obviously, we're teaching Pilates. We have lots of different movements that we do. So one of them is we've got feet and straps, and we open up the legs and we close them again. You know, and sometimes in class when you, you're just directing people to do stuff, you know, some of the things you say, you think about it afterwards, and you think I really shouldn't have said that. That wasn't uh, that wasn't acceptable. Go on. <laughs> what's I say. I remember once opening up, I was like, ladies, you've got to open up those legs, get them nice and wide, you know, spread them li- spread them wide, and I was just thinking afterwards, I was like, it's just not acceptable to say some of those things. No, it, it's really not.
2: Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm not quite sure how you get the stretch, otherwise.
1: I know, but it's just the, the terminology, just, you know, take the legs out to the side, instead of spreading them, you know what I mean, or it's um, just the connotations that it brings up.
2: Okay, I hear what you're saying.
1: Do you see what I mean? I hear what
2: you're saying. So there must, so, <laughs> but, but but in but in all but in all good as as with all good lessons, you, the point is, is you look back on that and you laugh now, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think this is what we've all got. I think this is what all people need to do. They need to understand that on the other side of trying will be either success or learning. But favour doesn't. Yeah. Sure. There's either success because you do it. Or, yeah. or it doesn't go quite a plan, you learn. But either way, yeah. on the other side, isn't a failure. It's either you succeed or you've
1: learned. Absolutely. But then I do think the other side of it as well is a lot of people, it's fear. And fear can seem so real. I mean, we've all experienced it, haven't we? We've all experienced fear. But it's understanding that it's just an anticipation of what the future holds. And if it's, and if it's already made up in your mind you know, it's, it's dealing with that and saying like, thanks for sharing, but not today and sweep it to the side.
2: I hear you. I, I, I think that's hundred percent. There was a, there was a wonderful philosopher and they said that bliss is just on the other side of overcoming fear. So wonderful. Mm. It's like the most amazing experience you'll have is just, on the other, but you've got to overcome the fear literally. And bliss is on just the other side of fear. Yeah. I, I tell you what, Kat, what do you want? The... you're bringing the best out of this guy because I've never heard him sound so clever. You guys, you, you crack me out. That's a compliment. Uh, seriously, what's wrong with you? That's a compliment. No, I'm asking you, what is wrong with you? What? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. what? A, a compliment? I'm having a serious conversation with my friend here, and all you've got to do is think about and bring it down into the dumps. What is wrong with you?
0: She's not your friend. You're the.
1: <laughs> you're just the tag on. Oh, <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> sorry, cat. Carry on.
1: Though, oh, though. You, because you, you were, you were at UPW as well, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> no one
0: remembers.
2: <laughs> no, I was just, no, I, was just <laughs> I was just checking that. there? I was just checking
1: because <laughs> my next question is the fire the fire um walking like I don't know about you guys but I felt quite fearful before I started walking across burning hot rocks and you know not wanting to burn your feet it was a great um it was a great exercise to teach you about fear and overcoming
2: well it's interesting just on that point we were just talking about how did you feel three seconds after you completed it
1: Oh, ecstatic, blissful.
2: One of the reasons I wanted, I was so keen to have you on when you had the idea um, for young girls that are sort of coming through the last years of their their education system um, that are thinking about going into business or becoming more than what they think their gender allows them to be. Naturally, as you said, you're going to face difficult things, but the the, the success story that you are ultimately tells us that it's worth walking the fire, isn't it?
1: Oh, 100%. 100%. And that's the key thing. I think you got to, you got to keep that faith and keep that belief in yourself and pick yourself up, dust yourself off. You know, you're gonna, you're gonna have the ups and downs. And I think the key thing is, is making sure that you've got a good, you know, good network around you to, to be able to pick you up when you get down, you know, or when you have your tough times um because at the end of the day we're not we can't do everything on our own like I surely couldn't like I've got a great support network around me um you know great friends and and that's you know a big compliment to how I've been able to get to where I'm at now so absolutely I think you know if people go into the mindset of business oh it's going to be it's all going to be lovely and fluffy and you know I'm going to be able to work my own hours and do this and do that like yes you get that but you do like anything you get the other side of it as well so the key thing is is just have that faith in yourself and that belief and really keep going don't ever stop
2: take care of yourself thanks a lot for giving us the time Thanks, thank, great, thank you evening. thanks
1: guys thanks guys take Think care you soon bye bye darling